0: live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, free 855-450-free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at FreeTalkLive.com. We give you the features on the site. there, completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, FreeTalkLive.com, and here with you again tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. Julia, three nights in a row. I know. You are going for a record. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I, for, as far as like a co-host sitting in as many days in a row? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. But it's good to have you here. And we are here, by the way. And you're normally here on Monday nights. You just uh, did Mark the favor of filling in for him on Saturday because he's been on vacation. I will be going to retrieve him at the airport uh, tomorrow. So those of you who are missing Mark, he'll be back. Uh, our number here, 855-450-FREE. You can, of course, bring up whatever you want. That's the point of Free Talk Lives, why we call it Free Talk Live. We're free to call in and talk about anything. And, well, we're live seven nights a week, including this sort of holiday ish week. It is an
1: observed holiday today.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know. I had no idea. I went out this morning expecting, you know, places to be open. And not so much. Some places were. Businesses
1: are like restaurants and things like that are open, but no no mail today. UPS is actually not delivering today.
0: The the uh, right, the government uh, building that I had attempted to go to was closed down uh and I I thought to myself, "Boy, it sure would be nice if it was like this every day." Every where,
1: day was an observed holiday.
0: Well, no, but every day where the government people don't go to work and
1: they're like getting paid.
0: Regular whatever. I you know what? I'd rather have them get paid and not go to work. That way, that at least they can't threaten anyone with a zoning violation or arrest somebody for a stop sign. Oh, uh, well, I guess the cops are probably on duty. Maybe that's but. the
1: solution. We can satisfying them for con- by continuing to pay them, but just t- letting them just stay, stay home. home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I I wonder about that, Julia, because I think while many of them probably would be pretty satisfied by that, there are certain government bureaucrats who really do enjoy uh, wielding power. yeah And so they probably wouldn't be too happy about that. Uh, people like the, the court security officer that threatened me uh, the other day, or I guess it was last week, uh, he shook his fist at me and made a beeline for me in the parking lot in an attempt to threaten me and intimidate me. All the while claiming I was the one who was intimidating him and that I was stalking him. So uh, hmm. all kinds of interesting things happening here. And that video, by the way, will be up soon over at com for anyone that uh, would like to keep up to date on that situation. Of course, there's much uh, in the news to discuss with you. You are also welcome to call in at 855-450-FREE. And there's a story that I mentioned uh, we never had a chance to get to that I think's worth throwing out there because... It's it's kind of a duplication of a story that we talked about, mm, I don't know, five, six months ago maybe, where Alabama has now passed an immigration uh, restriction or an immigration law, which is sort of in the same vein as the one that uh, made headlines last year in Arizona and also Georgia because uh, Georgia took the Arizona law, made some modifications to it, I believe, to make it worse and passed it. And it was earlier this year that we discussed the Georgia situation where the news was that there were veggies rotting on the vine because they couldn't find enough people, Americans, they couldn't find enough Americans to fill the jobs that were left by the immigrants who had said, screw this, we're out of here. We're not going to deal with this draconian uh, new immigration law that you people have passed and we're just going to leave we'll go and find a friendlier place uh, you know more a place where people will appreciate us and appreciate the service that we provide to the economy by being being willing to do some of the most backbreaking difficult manual labor known to uh, you know man in this society and we'll just go somewhere else And so basically the farmers there were losing money and they were desperate to try to find somebody to pick their fruit for them or their veggies for them. So they turned to the state and the state has what they call, I believe it was a pensioner program, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I actually read this article really recently Mm -hmm. or an article about this really recently because I took an economics class. And uh, we had to write some silly research paper at the end, so I wrote mine on why illegal immigrants are good for the economy. So I was reading all about this recently. Right. It was. It's my understanding, just based on the one this one article that I read, that the city actually proposed that um, solution. The Um, city or the state? The The state. state. That's That's what I mean. The state. The city. The state. I'm just talking about the entity, whatever it was. Government people. Right. Um, It's my understanding that they. They had imposed that, or they had, like, offered that solution, like, beforehand. Like, they wanted, they were proud of putting together this program.
0: Oh, prior to the uh, the restrictions being passed, they yes. figured, well, this will solve it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what ended up happening was the pensioners showed up, and many of them walked off the job, there and was the a, rest of them didn't show up the next day.
1: There was a quote from one of the farmers, and he said, if you want the prisoners to uh to pick the fruit or whatever, basically, it will not be grown, like...
0: right so you know combine that story with the story out of i think it was the south uh, not just arizona but california as well where farmers are just saying screw this we're just going to move the whole farm you know if we can't find people to work here in america we'll just move the whole farm to mexico it's not that far across the you know if you're in the south uh, over in california and arizona it's not that far across the border to just pick up buy some land down south probably cheap down there and uh, and get it done down there so now alabama is trying something similar as Georgia. The AtlanticWire.com is reporting Alabama agriculture officials are stumped over how to keep farms operating now that the state's draconian new immigration law chased away all of the low-paid, however illegal, labor. The latest idea? Hire prisoners. According to the Associated Press, the nursery and landscape industry will need as many as 4,000 workers in southern counties, now this is just in Alabama, Early in 2012, to get ready for growing season, he said, and forestry and farming will require still more laborers. Unable to find legal residents to fill all the employment gaps, uh, Deputy Commissioner with the Alabama Department of Agriculture and Industries Brett Hall said the agriculture department is consulting with the Department of Corrections to determine whether prisoners could do some of the work.
1: That's slave labor.
0: But we thought America was experiencing an economic downturn, leaving many Americans out of work. This story coming from, again, the Atlantic Wire. A quick Google search reveals that Alabama is actually worse off than the rest of the country with a 9.3% rate of unemployment. So what's wrong with helping out on a farm? Is the pay crappy? Well, that's actually not it. Farmers have complained of a lack of field hands since parts of the law took effect in late September. Many have said legal residents aren't physically able they're too fat <laughs> or Aww. too weak or mentally tough enough to perform the work and others won't do so because it doesn't pay enough he all said the agriculture positions pay way above the minimum wage but many americans find them too physically taxing to perform why would you want to go out into a field and sweat your butt off all day and hurt your you know possibly hurt yourself strain your back whatever i mean you're probably bending over a lot trying to or squatting or whatever trying to pick the these veggies why would you want to go and do that when you could stand as a greeter at walmart and make this you know i don't know how much more above minimum wage it pays but there are plenty of regular low-skilled jobs that pay above minimum wage as well including cashier so why would you want the strenuous backbreaking work when you could have an air-conditioned workplace and get paid the same amount of money I don't know. Well, they don't, because they're not coming to fill these jobs, despite all of these people out there who, who parrot the talking points of the anti-immigration crowd that, well, there's Americans out there that can have these jobs. These immigrants are taking our jobs. And it's just nonsense. Nonsense. Because if Americans wanted these jobs, they'd be lined up to get them when they were available. These guys are desperate. They're desperate for, for hands. People who are willing to come out and, and do the work. That's kind
1: of interesting only because you, you hear all this talk all the time about the unemployment rate and there are no jobs. And the reality of the situation is that there are jobs. They may not be the perfect jobs or right. jobs you're willing to do, but they exist.
0: Right. So if you want work, it's there for you. Yeah. But you have to be willing to do work. You have to be willing to take what's available. And I think plenty of Americans are comfortable with just sitting around collecting an unemployment check. Right one 450 free That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. And, of course, then there's the other side of this issue, which we haven't even touched on yet, which is, of course, the fact that, well, if you really want to have an immigrant crackdown, which they are trying to do in Georgia and Alabama and Arizona, then you have to destroy freedom. You have to have a police state. 855 free Is that what you want? Free talk line. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS Blackbox Dash Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here toll free. 855-453. That is the toll free number brought to you by SACL CAI. one 450 3733 You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features that we will give to you there. In fact, you can control the content of the site simply by uh, submitting different items you find online that you think are interesting. Other listeners will vote on those items, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. Many more people see them and click on them and check them out. So go on over to freetalklive.com, get interactive. And if you want, uh, one of the ways you can support Free Talk Live is by sending us a few bitcoins. It's the world's first free market peer-to-peer digital cash. They are uh, incredible. Uh, I was talking about them with some folks over the weekend and and how bitcoins can really change and are changing i think everything about how finances operate for people because right now if you want a bank account you got to go and beg you got to go and submit a social security number a tax id you got to jump through whatever hoops the federal government has put up answer the patriot act questions i just went through this recently and it's just awful it's it's awful it's invasive uh they've got all your information if the feds want to come after you then you know they'll just Talk to the bank and say, hey, we need this guy's uh, account. We need access to his account. And every every bank in the world will let the feds in. They'll raid your account or garnish it or whatever they're going to do. Well, with Bitcoin, you are in total control of your account. There is no corporation. There's no governmental oversight of the Bitcoin. It's completely decentralized. You can use Bitcoin anywhere in the world. And you don't have to beg anyone's permission. They can't be counterfeited or inflated. If you want to learn more about Bitcoin, go to WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. And Memory Dealers is proud to offer physical Bitcoins you can hold in your hands. They make great conversation starters, and you can learn more about those and get some with uh, with any credit card or PayPal over at MemoryDealers.com. That's MemoryDealers.com. As we go to the phones and the fun, let's talk to John, listening in northern Minnesota to WNMT. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia.
2: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Before they had uh, unemployment and Social Security and welfare, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. And uh, I don't see what's wrong with going back to some of that stuff.
0: Well, I think that uh, getting rid of the government welfare program would be a huge step in the right direction. (laughs)
2: Yeah, because when somebody uh, can get paid, because I I have, uh, well, I'm not going to mention names or anything, but I know people that they... They, they're scared to work because they will cut down on their unemployment, they'll cut down on their Social Security, or cut down on their uh, welfare. And check uh, when I was a kid, if I didn't do my work, I didn't eat.
0: Yeah, well, and it's not to say that people who maybe are... Uh, sick or, or injured or something like that and, and have a difficult time working shouldn't be taken care of. They should. Uh, it's just that they should be taken care of on a voluntary basis by people who actually care instead of uh, bureaucrats whose incentives are maybe a little bit different from, say, a volunteer with the Salvation Army, uh, for in, uh, for instance. So, yeah, they're
2: friends and relatives and they're people from their church or assembly or synagogue or whatever they go to, you yeah, know.
0: Exactly. Somebody who can kind of uh kind of assist them and and work with them and you know help them get uh, new skills, get them uh, get them a new job and yeah, you know, keep, keep an eye on yeah, them. Yeah, keep an eye on things. Not you know, not to be an overseer necessarily, but just to be someone to make sure that they're not spending it uh, you know, on crack or something like that.
1: Yeah. If I didn't work, I would not eat.
0: No doubt. I mean, it's
1: as simple as that for me.
2: <laughs> well, when I got into sales in the 60s, I, some days I'd work and I'd, I'd have, uh, well, right now I'm a vegan vegetarian, but before that I would uh, go out and I'd get a real big steak if I worked. And then if I didn't work, I'd, I'd uh, have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or hawk my spare tire for a while.
0: Yep, you got to do uh, what you got to do. and but uh, then John, I found anything? out
2: later on that the harder I worked, the better I did.
0: A work ethic is a very important thing to have, and I, th- I think a lot of the people that are coming here from other countries have it uh, because you know they want to make a better life for themselves. They know what they're leaving, and they know what they're coming to is – well, it used to be a lot better. Now it's getting worse with the police state that's being created around us. Uh, but you know, in theory, America was a better place in their mind, and they were willing to work for it, and now they're being punished for it, and they're being targeted as uh, as a scapegoat which really they don't deserve at all. And, you know, sure, there's going to be some slackers that come here because of the welfare programs that are available, uh, but most of the immigrants that I've known in my time have not been those people. They've been very yeah. industrious folks who really... Yeah. And and they start businesses, too, by the way. I think that's worth mentioning. Immigrants, I believe, what was a statistic recently that showed that, I don't know, like half of Fortune 500 companies were started by immigrants or yeah. something like that?
2: And, and also, if if somebody's not working, if they make a job out of getting a job, or even working for nothing for some places, they they uh, at least advertise their skills, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what uh, you know being an intern is about, so you can kind of yeah. uh, get some experience, even at very low or no pay, so you'd be able to get a foothold in whatever that industry is. That's what I did to get started in radio, was I, I interned for nine months prior to... Even having a chance at making a paycheck, and I don't know. I I hear they don't even do that these days. That they pay interns these days in radios, which which was strange to me. But nonetheless, John, anything else you want to share tonight?
2: Uh, No, I I just really like the program.
0: Thanks for the thoughts. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. By the way, if you like the show. Uh, contact your local station there, WNMT, or anyone listening on the radio, and let them know that you appreciate Free Talk Live. All right, I'll have to do that. Thank- yeah, because some old folks called last week and complained about us, so, you know, having a nice uh, positive. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm
2: one of those old folks, but I I didn't don't complain. I just keep working.
0: Uh, that's good. How old are you, if I might, if uh, I might ask? I'm 71. 71, wow. Okay, yeah, you're right there in, uh, in line. There were some people that really got upset about a, a drug-related conversation that we had. Uh, well,
2: last if, week. if people want to take drugs, that's their own deal. But when they get sick and problems, let them take care of themselves too. You know.
0: Yeah. You know, well, my question would have been for those folks: Well, have they ever drank alcohol? Because uh, alcohol is an incredibly dangerous hard drug. That yeah,
2: I, I, I used to be on that for about three years, but then I figured, why should I? Why should I go ahead and hurt myself? Uh, and and my mom was on drugs since since I was about two years old because of an accident from the doctors. I mean, you go to the drugstore to get them. But there's so many side effects to them that by the time I was old enough to make a decision, I said, I don't want nothing to do with the drugstores.
0: I heard you, John. I appreciate hearing from you tonight, and thank you for the call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Did I tell you about this, Julia, where... The no. pro- program I got a, I got an email from the program director and you know nice guy and he he did the right thing by checking with me uh, just kind of you know get a perspective on things uh, but he had heard from some folks who were very upset about Free Talk Live uh, on Monday night last week which was of course your night and we had talked about we had a caller who wanted to talk about uh, peyote and MDMA right. And uh, and so, yeah, we were talking about drugs, but his question was, were we advocating drug use? And my answer is, no, I don't advocate drug use in general, because that would be very irresponsible uh, to do. I mean, there's some really bad, dangerous uh, drugs out there, and I wouldn't just say, yeah, use drugs. I think that's a terrible message uh, to put out there. But we're, we try to approach the drug issue from a very adult uh, perspective uh, and a compassionate perspective on this program and accept in advance that, people are going to do drugs. Like, we know this. I mean, that's what humans, a lot of them do. They
1: have always done, too. This is not new.
0: And animals, too. I mean, you can find... Right, you can find video online. I found a really hilarious video. God, I wish... It was something like uh, animals are like humans, too. I forget what it's called, but it's an old documentary uh, from, like, the 70s about animals and their behavior and how human-like they can be. And it showed a bunch of uh, African animals uh, eating rotting fruit and then acting very, very silly after that. 855-453. It's Free Talk Live.
3: Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be, and find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate.
0: Get the original, get your super tuck at crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Final week of 2011. We're in it now, and we'll be here all throughout the week. None of that best of nonsense that you're hearing on other talk radio shows this week or 855 free allows you to dial in here uh, again toll free and bring up what you want here tonight with you. It's Ian and Julia and inviting you over to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we give to you there. The bulletin board system is one of them. You can go and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners over at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Let's talk to John listening in South Carolina. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Hey, how y'all doing? John, doing great. What's on your mind tonight?
4: Hey, just listen to your uh, position on illegal immigration and yes, want to know what your actual uh, position is on that.
0: Well, I think free people should be free to uh, to cross imaginary lines uh, in the sand that we call borders freely. Uh, and I think that as long as people are are peaceful, that you know they they shouldn't be subject to search and harassment. And uh, I think that most of the people coming here are are good people looking for a better life for themselves. And it's not fair to treat everyone as though they're a criminal. Uh, and 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 it's certainly not fair to subject everybody to a police state. With this objective of trying to catch the so called illegals, I think that it's dangerous from so many different uh, perspectives. If we just let people come here wanted to make a better life for themselves, it would help the economy uh, we 'd all be better off as uh, as a result of it
4: I, I agree with you and I 'm very libertarian in my viewpoint but when it comes down to that thing, that, that's where I kind of stand strong in the sense, wh- what about just laws in general? I mean, I mean, what about personal property laws? All right, let, let's say, let, let's get rid of that law right there. We can let them cross the border and come up and do whatever they got to do, whether it's going to be picking cotton in a field or whatever else. But why not get rid of personal
0: property laws? Well, because uh, I think, think property is important. If on your
4: property, you know, who's to say that that's wrong? You know, they need a piece of land to live on as well, right?
0: I think property is important, and I think that if we, if we have property, because I think that, you know, the first, the idea of property property comes from the idea of you owning yourself, in my opinion. So you own yourself and then therefore, by extension, you own the things that you put your effort into uh, as well. So for instance, there's the idea of homesteading land uh, that is unowned and making it your own by putting your effort into it uh, to improve upon it, for instance. And I think that uh, the, the idea of property is a useful idea that man has come up with to help uh, humans interact with one another. And to uh, you know to to help make things uh, smoother between uh, individuals that you know may have disputes and uh, to know who what belongs to whom and the idea of eliminating property is absolutely absurd and something that uh, you know a, a communist would suggest. And of course, then you know you can point out to the communist that you'd really like to take his car from him because, well, if it's everyone's car, then you'd like to drive it. And then all of a sudden, they'll decide that you know they do think property is useful. So property is a useful idea, and I think those are the those are the only borders that really would matter. So if, for instance, you wanted to have your property in a way that no one could come across it. That would be your responsibility as a property owner. You could hire whatever security was necessary uh, to do that. And if I wanted to allow people to cross through my property, I could make that, uh, that decision as well. So I okay. fully support property rights.
4: All right. With, with that being said, and I threw out the absurd thing right there only in the sense that these people living across the border – or on our side of the border. Is, is that not their sovereign property right there? Can they not say that I do not want a, a, a drug dealer or drug trafficking or whatever else coming across that border? Can can they say that I need help stopping that coming across here?
0: Oh, my goodness. If, if you own property, you can hire whatever sort of security you need to to prevent people from coming onto it. However, I think it's it's uh, salient to point out here.
4: about this, this open border in the sense of what you're saying, allow people to just cross the border uh, willy-nilly to come up here and do whatever they want. Well, well that's
0: what that's what I, people I- are doing and the the thing is that you know right now if if people want to cross the border they don't cross uh, at the appropriate par- uh, points that the the roads they cross on other people's property because they're trying to avoid detection so if if immigration were legal and you didn't have to jump through a bunch of crazy hoops and pay thousands of dollars in fees and uh, application fees and fines and all that uh, to you know kind of navigate through the bureaucracy then people could just come through on the roads as they normally would and it would be no big deal and nobody. Would have to cut through anybody's land and you wouldn't have uh, by the way in a in a truly free world you remember also other things would be different too, so we wouldn't have a war on drugs, hopefully in this particular free world, and so therefore you wouldn't have drug couriers uh, you wouldn't have coyotes uh sh- you know shuttling humans
4: and yes i am I am with you there right. if, if the government get there. Get out of this drug thing. You know, we'd all be better off. Everybody'd be better off. Okay, but,
0: so uh, so if you get the drug, thing... You know, I am thing, very
4: conservative in in my views, in a, but I truly believe that our war on on drugs is completely just ridiculous. Good, Even, on, uh, good winners, on you,
0: John, because I used to feel similarly about about
4: the control over the people. I think, but
0: I used uh, to feel similarly about uh, on the immigration issue, and I changed my mind on it. Uh, because, you know, I came to the realization that, uh, well, first of all, it's just wrong. It's, it's wrong to just prohibit people from moving about from place to place uh, from a governmental perspective. But in addition, if you can see how the war on drugs has been a failure, I'm sure you can imagine how the war on people, which is what an immigration war would be, so to speak, or immigration crackdown would be, would also be a failure. Well, I and mean, if you can't keep drugs out of a prison, I have a
4: hard time with right there. I, I mean, I do believe we have to have a government,
0: and that is
4: the one place that I feel the government is actually very necessary when it comes down to controlling borders. Be, all right, well, Mexicans, yeah, that's one thing, but you know, there are a lot of people out there who truly hate us for our freedom and our beliefs. And where did you is, hear that? You, know, you and I aren't going to take care of those border wars or those in- individuals coming in. Here. That's where I think that we need government right there, and. All right. So, if, if you got to stop those who are trying to illegally cross and uh, in, come into our country, it, it, it's not a bad thing, you know. Yes, the government yes, it is, is a, a necessary evil. No,
0: definitely. no, it's never necessary to have evil. But Julia, has I a just thought. have
1: a quick question for you because I'm curious if you really believe that people hate us for our freedoms, or people hate us because we bomb their parents and children and
0: loved ones. And when you say we, you mean the feds, right? Well,
4: uh, 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 all right. That's going to get super deep. You know, when, when you want to go into something like that, I mean, look what's going on in the world. You know, I mean, they're, uh, on the other side of the world, they're killing each other because of belief systems. You know, is that, is uh, that our uh, business?
1: Uh, uh, Would they I'm hate sorry? us? Would they hate us? And when I say us, I, I mean, I guess it's basically the government, really, because they're the ones who initiate yeah. all this. But do you think that it's appropriate for the U.S. government to be meddling over there at all? Do
4: you think maybe that's the reason why uh, they hate not, us? But- Probably not. But then again, we all benefit from it. We all benefit from lower, l- lower oil costs. And whoa,
0: man, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. Here, the, the, and the, and it, whoa, when whoa, John, off, I can't uh, let you get, get away with that. I, can, I, I can't let you get away with saying are, that. Hang on, yeah, John. Hang on. John, you don't yeah. say, you don't get to say you benefit from lower oil costs because all those lower oil costs are subsidized invisibly by the trillions of dollars that are spent by the government taking it out of the productive economy and pouring it into warmongering around the world. I mean, these wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, and you name it, the other places that uh, this country's government troops have been to in the last couple decades alone have cost you know, over a trillion dollars. That's money that would have been in our pockets, that we would have been able to spend better on our lives or our businesses or our families or whatever, our charities. We would have been able to spend that money much more efficiently than the federal government. They just went and they blew it up and killed, uh, killed innocent people with it. So they're subsidizing, in effect, the oil company's ability to find new uh, deposits of oil and uh, and you know essentially extract it. So therefore, maybe the price of oil would be slightly higher in the absence of this government warmongering, but we would be able to afford it because we'd have our trillion dollars back in our pockets. So just to, to say that it's all okay because you get a $3 uh, per gallon price as opposed to a $6 per gallon price or whatever it would be, because we don't know what it would actually be if it were a true free market market. Uh, Uh, energy price to say that killing you know hundreds of thousands of people is worthwhile and you know having this trillion dollar war is worthwhile because you can save a few bucks at the pump i mean that's incredibly callous
4: well, uh, I can probably agree with you on that thing right there. I, I don't agree with all the wars, uh, and actually, that's taken me way, way off from what I was calling in about. And besides you know, that, as a conservative, John,
0: and we can you can stick with us. I'm, I'm happy to hold you through here. Uh, but as, as a conservative, uh, I mean, I would think you would want to save money, right? Like you would want to make sure that oh, yeah. the gov- government's not spending a lot of money. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Right. So uh, stick with us. I know you said you had some other reason you were calling. So uh, more with John here in a moment in South Carolina. 855 That is the SACL, CAI toll-free line. So if you're a conservative and you want to save money, then why would you want the government to provide security for private companies? I mean, isn't that essentially what this all is? This whole war thing over in the Middle East? Isn't, it sec- isn't this a security mission for Texaco and these other companies? I mean, shouldn't they pay for their own security force?
5: The Ruger Lightweight Compact Revolver is loaded with the latest technological advances and features required by today's most demanding shooters. Models include the original LCR in 38 Special Plus P, a powerful LCR 357 Magnum, and the LCR with excess sights. All models feature a monolithic frame, patent-pending friction-reducing cam, high-strength stainless steel cylinder, and polymer fire control housing. The LCR, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LCR at Ruger.com slash LCR.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features On the site there for free. So enjoy those on us. And if you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the ways you can do that is by shopping with us. It is, of course, post Christmas at this point. And maybe you got a little bit of cash from uh, some loved ones uh, in the Christmas cards that you received throughout the, uh, the last week or so. And you're looking for a way to, I don't know, get rid of it. You can do that by shopping with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. You've got two choices. There's Amazon and Newegg. Uh, if you use the Amazon links, there's different ones for different countries there. Use the Amazon links. Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. So whatever it is you're looking to buy, Amazon, they probably sell it. You just bought like a 100 something dollars worth of food.
1: Yes, I did groceries right yeah i um it's I not bought- cold
0: it's like uh kind of no, stuff you can store in the pantry kind no of
1: there's these uh there's these chips that i've found that i really like i'm not really a big chip eater but um they're really good and they only you know the only ingredients in them are like real ingredients mm. there's like five or six and you know what they all are so i like that and they're really tasty so there's
0: not like sodium bithor carbonate yeah, none of that or whatever? none of that
1: stuff I'm making that up. so it is. well there it probably, it probably exists, exists on the back of a bag somewhere yeah but um they're really tasty but they're expensive cuz you got to buy them in like the natural food section and at, a, if you at go a to the store. store you mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean it's like 5 bucks. So I got a 24 pack. You, you know, at like a dollar 50 a bag. Much better. So obviously I mean I'm going to have them for a while but chips don't go back in the uh, bag and I mean I don't I'm not like a big chip
0: eater but so it was such a good time, price. Is it your first time ordering from yes, Amazon? Yeah, so I'll
1: let you know how it okay, goes. cool, sounds good. I also got a lot of products that they don't like really sell at the stores like um I'm making my own protein powder, which I That's guess sounds exciting. weird for, like, smoothies and yeah. stuff, right? For, like, exercising. And so, some like, some of the things that you have to buy, I just wouldn't be able to buy at the store. Sure.
0: Also, I mean, there's – I remember I was looking around for, like, hot sauce once, and there's all kinds of imported stuff there yeah. as well. Like, products from Mexico, for instance, that – I mean, up here in New England, uh, at least in this part of New England, you can't really find a Mexican grocer. No. Ooh, that reminds me.
1: I should look for – there's some Mexican spices that I wanted to buy, and I couldn't find them here because there's no Mexican grocery stores.
0: Shop.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get all that stuff done. Of course, get the latest DVDs or books or whatever it is that you're looking to get. Amazon's got it. Or maybe you're building a new computer. Uh, That's some of the things – that's one of the projects I'll be working on here because I went to the Newegg link at shop.freetalklive.com. And when I or when you order through the New Egg link there, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund gets a portion of that purchase. So if you shop through the Amazon links, Free Talk Live gets a cut. And if you shop through the New Egg links at shop.freetalklive.com, then the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund gets a cut. We were talking about immigration and we had John on the line. He dropped off unfortunately uh, during oh, the break. And I had a
1: question for John. What was the
0: question? Just well, throw it to the universe. And- I
1: will I was gonna ask if I could throw it to the universe. Um, my question is for John, or anyone else listening out there who's maybe struggling with this or feels really strongly about this, because for those who don 't know, John uh felt that people over there, I guess people in Iraq and the Middle East, hate us for our freedoms oh thanks that's for what that he back said up, yeah and this is common i mean i've heard this before, so my question for him would be, how would he feel if um the Iraq army built a military base in in our country somewhere like so let 's say in I think he was from south carolina let 's say in North Carolina, they built a military. they just Look, put a military the base
0: the Chinese has a big military okay much how
1: would you feel towards them yeah you know would you feel like that was a little aggressive
0: or would you wave and smile at the nice Chinese troops right. as they 're uh, trotting down your street so
1: I just think you know i i, I, I really can 't I was going to say I understand where he 's coming from, but i i can 't understand where he 's coming from because. Before I was a libertarian I was very liberal so I was I was always very anti-war and things like that. So I really can't well, understand of where liberals you're coming
0: from pro-war, but just saying.
1: right, but well I wasn't. Right. I was always very anti-war. So I can't understand where you're coming from, but I hear this a lot and I would just ask anybody who believes this to like really think about uh the way that the American government has been treating people n- not yeah. only in the Middle East, but all over the world and you know maybe that's the reason why there's some animosity towards americans and i think so have you ever stopped to consider that there are countries around the world like costa rica that just leave everybody be and no you know
0: they don't even have a military no
1: and um wasn't it switzerland during world war 2 i'm terrible with history so yes. don't quote me on it but i know the there were some porcupine. countries that didn't participate
0: Correct. Uh, Remain neutral and uh, armed, armed and neutral, and also as a result of that were remained safe from Hitler's reach.
1: The point I'm trying to make is that when you act like a bully, when you set up military bases all over the world, Mm -hmm. when you go into the Middle East and you bomb innocent people, there's a reason why people don't like you. And if they would, you know, there needs to be some sort of massive apology, massive make good, and then back out and just become... You know what I mean? Okay, we're, we made a mistake.
0: It's almost impossible he, to make I, good. But I agree. Because but you've, you've killed hundreds of... I mean, the, if you're the government, you've killed hundreds of thousands of people. So how do you make good on that?
1: I don't know, but it seems like it'll just get worse if we continue this path.
0: Well, uh, right. Continuing the path is a bad idea. I think uh, make good is questionable because then you're dealing with you know political favors. You're dealing with funneling money into construction firms or whatever. Well and I don't want
1: them to make good with construction firms. I want them to make good with the people whose lives they've ruined by blowing up their houses I don't and I wonder
0: how they can do that. I have uh, no it idea. It sounds like a bureaucratic nightmare to me to try I agree. that. I think it would be best if you could just, you know, wave the magic wand, p- close I down agree. all the the military bases and, and 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 then say I'm so we're so so sorry. We really met, you know, made a mistake and please forgive us. And then just leave it at that. But or, it seems, or, look, we're going to open our borders, you know, uh, come make a better life for yourself here. Uh, but, to, you know, to suggest there needs to be a new government program. To, I'm not
1: saying that there should be a government program. I'm, I'm just saying something needs to be done as far as, like, we, we need to leave now, right? If we want, the, we cannot continue yeah. this. The government, the government needs to, needs need. needs to leave now. And there's some people that really disagree with that because... Well, and it
0: comes from propaganda because I was listening to another radio show uh, while I was showering today and it's uh, one of these local, uh, I guess he's kind of like a regional host, Howie Carr, uh, out of Boston. And one of his uh, fill-in hosts was, was on today and he was talking about Ron Paul. And, oh, yeah, I love this. I like the libertarian uh, policy domestically, but, you know, I just don't like the foreign policy. And again, bringing out this fear mongering about how well we need to have the military in all these countries around the world to make sure that we're safe.
1: I think that most people don't have any idea how many countries the United States is in. Maybe. Like I think it's pretty obvious that we're in the we have a huge presence in the Middle East, right? But do people give any thought to the fact that there are still military bases in Japan, Probably Germany, not so often, you know? Yeah.
0: But it's true that they are there, and and all the other do they need to be there for any reason? Or the other hundred and thirty or so yeah. plus countries uh, in which they are occupying. So he brought out, you know, kind of trotted out these these talking points like they hate us for our freedom and, you know, we've got to have the military in all these places to keep them in line and blah, 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 as though it's the role of this country to be the the world's police. And I mean, if anything, Ron Paul is so right about that, uh, that particular viewpoint. And I think we actually have John back uh, in South Carolina. Again, usually it's only one call per night, but if something goes technically wrong, then you're always welcome to call back in. John, are uh, you back with us? Yes, I'm back. All right. So have you been privy to our conversation here while you were gone?
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been listening on, on the Internet the whole okay, time. great.
0: So go ahead with your thoughts.
4: Well, I, I, you all kind of went really off course in what, what I was talking about. I, I was talking about our, our southern border right there, and you're going over to
0: Iraq
6: and well,
4: Afghanistan. But that's because you that did that. mention the whole and,
0: they hate us for our freedom thing, which deserved to be addressed, I think.
4: Well, well I, I didn't say that I they hate us for our freedom. I,
1: Yes, you did.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. But it's okay if you want to change your mind on it, because they don't. <laughs> I mean, usually there's a little bit of uh, maybe, uh, perhaps, envy towards the freedom. Like some people look at the U.S. around the world and they want to be as as free as they. I perceive would say that's not US really says. true anymore, though. It's it's it becomes less true over time, and then when they move here, they realize, oh yeah, it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be.
4: Actually, all I was going towards was, I think y'all are. I get the impression y'all are, uh, like, against all laws. Am I correct in that thought?
0: No, no. I think that there are very immutable uh, natural laws that you can't escape. So, for instance, uh, actions— what what
4: about a government? Do you you feel that we need a central government?
0: Not at all. In fact, uh, I think that the history of man and government shows that centralization is a negative thing and that it has dire consequences, for efficiency and uh, and freedom and and all of those things, I think that you know you look at the Soviet Union breaking up in you know the, the late nineteen eighties, uh, and what happened after that is the former Soviet states went in slightly different directions, and some of them uh, are more far more free now, like Estonia, Wait a for instance. Where,
4: where do you get your reference from in that sense? I, I mean. Eh- as human beings, we do need some control. I mean, you you got to you have to agree with that. That we we cannot live as I said. As I,
0: mean, I maybe
4: said, you can individually, but as a general mass of individuals we cannot live without control do you, do you agree with
0: that well i think that if you want to live in a peaceful world which i want uh that yeah obviously there's gonna be dangerous people out there and those dangerous people should be dealt with now i'll tell you what john i'll put you on hold again hopefully you can stick with us because i think we should continue this conversation about control hour two is on the way 855
1: From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. But he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit libertydocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's libertydocumentary.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line joining you this evening. It's Ian here. And
1: Julia. And
0: we invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features we give to you there. They are for free. And you can actually control the content of the site. Create the uh, elements of the site by uh, submitting show prep to it. And then voting on the show prep you like or dislike. The most liked makes it to the front page and the top of the website. And maybe we'll use it on the air. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll just uh, get more uh, publicity because you put it there so go to freetalklive.com there's just too much prep on the site for us to even scratch the surface of it but it is uh it's an extensive site and it's all free for you at freetalklive.com we've got John on the line with us uh, waiting in uh, South Carolina we started a conversation last hour about immigration it kind of ended up rolling into a conversation about uh you know the military occupations and now in a more general conversation about law itself and the idea of control and john says as a as a self-described conservative that uh, that he thinks that you know control's important and that we need to have control in society and so therefore i think that we needed to a little bit uh, get, dig into this a little further john and are you still with us john in south yeah, carolina I'm here. there you are i'm here all right excellent sir so uh so tell me a little bit more about what you want to control like since control is important what sort of things should control be used for
4: well uh, I am very much on the side of a very limited government, but I do believe in government, that we have to have government to control our borders and to set certain laws to keep the masses in control. Uh, I I think if you go back to a a Christian way of looking at it, you don't need a government or laws in a sense because they they follow the laws put forth in the Bible, which is yeah, very, very true. But when you get to a nation like which we have right now and pretty much everything around the world— the non-believing Christian type nations—they need laws, and I think we see that put in place all the well, time. Let me see it, if I'm it,
0: clear. You just said the non-believing Christian type nations. What, did, what does that mean? Well,
4: I, I should now don't don't let's not go down a road like that. But what I mean is, when it comes down to if you don't live by a higher power, then of course you must have laws to keep you in line with. With the other people you live with, are
1: you saying that like because I am not a Christian and I do not believe in God? um, Are you saying that I don't have any morals or principles and rules that which I live my life by?
4: Well, I, I guess I would ask you is, how did you gather or get your your morals that you live by?
1: Well, I gave it some thought over time, and I um, came to the conclusion that there are certain rules that I like to live my life by. Like, I like to do unto others as I would like to be done unto me, right? And, you know, I... I I mean I don't really think that's a difficult concept to wrap your brain around. I've I've given it
0: a lot of thought. It's really a uh, John when when some people who are religious make this statement it it can be it can be taken as an insult. And Julia, I found
1: it insulting. Uh, and I, don't know, I would I, say that I, I am— Let me say this.
4: Let me say this. Uh, I am a, a, a very—as I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a conservative and I'm Christian, but I love your show because I am libertarian 100%. And I do believe that was our founding fathers in their belief as well, that they believed in God, yet they were also very much libertarian. Well, many of, many of them were deists.
0: Many of them were deists, which isn't exactly uh, Christian. That's kind of the hands-off God that, uh, as I understand it, that just kind of created things and uh, let it go. Uh, so, you know, just to get back to re- this real quick, I don't think you intended to insult anybody with that statement. No, that statement. I agree. But, but I, I think that it, it comes off, it, it can feel that way. Because the suggestion is, and it's a fallacious suggestion, is that, uh, you know, without some tome that uh, a man wrote uh, or a set of men that without this tome that men have written and pointed to over you know generations as being so important that humans wouldn't be able to find a moral compass is absolutely absurd because uh, men and women have the ability to observe, to experience, and to draw conclusions from their experiences. And our whole lives are a uh, you know, process of making mistakes and learning, hopefully, from those mistakes that we make. And regardless of whatever rule book is put in front of us, We still make mistakes and we still Uh, need to learn on our own what's right and what's wrong. And in fact, to me, John, it's an incredibly dangerous idea to tell somebody that, well, here are the rules. They're all in this book and this is all you need to do is just follow these rules. Don't think about it. Don't follow your own instincts. Don't make your own, you know, use your own intuition about what's right and wrong. This book knows what's right and wrong. That seems dangerous to me.
1: I would also add to that that there has been a lot of bloodshed in the history of the world in the name of Christianity.
0: Oh
4: no no you're wrong there. All right, we're what? not going to go down the road, But but when you say that when you say in the name of Christianity it's the name in, in the name of humanity. When it, that's what it comes down to. You can claim What Christina, are those
1: wars from do, the middle the middle there, ages?
4: And people, and you can say that right about our war over there in Iraq. It's not in the name of Christianity, and that's why they— Yeah, think well, oil. look, look, just the i I'm
1: not talking politician- about the war in Iraq. Well, beta, wait
4: a minute, wait, in, John, in just because the government, politicians government don't government say it's— Which is a bunch of crap. We're over there for oil. But they're looking at it as though we are over there because we are Christians going after the Muslims.
1: I'm not talking about the war in Iraq at all. I'm talking about way back when. Yes, ages. I'm talking about the Middle Ages. Yeah, sure, and they did the same thing. Well Back if they through. had if they had the book right if they had the book to guide them, how come yeah, the book that, that says right turn the other guy guy cheek? Up. Right, how come they?
4: A thousand years. The book was was, was it's two thousand years old. It doesn't matter if it was a thousand years ago, or if it's right now, or if it was two thousand years ago. It's the same crap. It was governments in control going over there to kill individuals based on their belief. That's all it was. And that well, was. Well, hold on, John.
0: Um, I mean, much of these governments were very religiously oriented, and in fact, in some cases, the, the crossover between religion and government was almost indistinguishable. Uh, so wasn't Christians have been, Christians and other people and other religions have been slaughtering their, uh, you know, the competing religions for uh, longer than, uh, you know, I can recall, and certainly hundreds upon thousands of years. And all of this, all of this happens when many of these religious documents, whether we're talking about the Quran or whether we're talking about the Bible, uh, many of these documents are very peace-oriented documents, but yet the slaughter continues. And whether you want to admit it or not today, John, I've heard the callers to talk radio, not just on this show, but other shows, you know basically saying that this is between Christians and Muslims, that the Muslims are out to kill the Christians, and so therefore we've got to kill them first, which is, of course, you know, one of the most anti-Christian things anyone can say, but yet these Christians continue to believe that they're in some way emulating Jesus by going around and slaughtering other human beings. That is crazy. That, that of course, is crazy. And So you would agree uh, that's, that, uh, that perspective is warped? Well,
4: Yes, of course it is. Okay. And, and, Julia, I am a Christian, and, and I don't believe that. What, what you just said, uh, Ian, I, I do not believe that. Thank and,
0: goodness. And, You're unfortunately surrounded by people who are of that particular mindset, and it's tragic because, really, you know, these people who call themselves Christians and advocate warmongering, uh, I think you know, they're very, it's are very dangerous position from a Christian perspective because, essentially, they're doing the opposite of what Jesus' uh, <laughs> intention was, and they're calling yeah. it Christian so, all at the same time.
4: acting human is the problem. Well, yeah, that's true. They're Humans very, are very... Exactly sub- human. Because we're all flawed. We're all sinners. And if you want to look at it in that sense, all of us are going to make mistakes. And we're we, Good grief. I lived in South Korea for a little while. And you know what? They were racist against the North Koreans. And you know why they were racist against the North Koreans? Because the North Koreans were slightly darker than the mm. South Koreans, which is a bunch of crap. They weren't at all, right? Which truly showed me humanity in the sense right there. There was no difference whatsoever. I, I don't know what year it was that they separated, but it, it probably wasn't too long ago. And, and they didn't like them because they said they, they were a little bit darker than the South Koreans. And you know, you know why they were darker? is because they had to work out in the fields because they didn't have the yeah, automation and the money and everything else that goes along with having money like a, a Western nation like us. John, I think oh, you've made a lot of good human.
0: observations. You've got a lot of good thoughts, and I appreciate the conversation we've had tonight. Don't, don't hesitate to call us in the future at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I want to get back real quick to the idea of that uh, humans need to have control, and so therefore we need to have government. And I think at one time I was a small government kind of guy too. It made sense to me that, well, you've got to have the government out there for policing, and you have to have the government for protection, and you know all these things that people tend to kind of fall back on when they they might agree that, oh yeah, we don't, we don't need government welfare, and we don't need government warmongering, and we don't need government this and that, but we have to have government for the roads, or the police, or fill in the blank. And really, the conclusion I came to was that, well, if it's my belief that the marketplace can provide those other services on a better, more effective, more efficient basis and on a consensual basis, then why not the uh, services that I think that are so important, like policing and fire protection and roads? Why wouldn't the market be able to handle those things? Well, the thing is, market can if it's allowed to. Or coming up. This is Free Talk Live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. We invite you on over to the website at freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you. It's all free, of course, at news.freetalklive.com. Vaporsmiths. Maybe you've heard about the e-cigarettes. We've been talking about them. I'm a huge fan, and I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. But the e-cigarette, I love because it's uh, it's a great alternative to cigarettes, to actually smoking. It's vaporizing. You're not, there's actually no smoke involved whatsoever, and as a result of that, you're going to smell better. Your clothes aren't going to have that nasty nicotine-stained scent. Your drapes in the house aren't going to have that nasty nicotine-stained look. Well, once you replace them, uh, because you know nicotine will permanently stain things, and it's awful. Uh, the cigarettes that you've been smoking, they smell your house up. They smell you up. And you can change that by using the e-cigarette. Not only that, you're going to save money. If you're a pack-a-day smoker, you can save $120 per month with a Vaporsmith's e-cigarette. That's pretty serious. I mean, $120 a month, that that can go a long way toward helping you pay the bills. Or whatever other, you know, you'd like to put that money towards. You get a free standard starter kit with a purchase of 40 cartimizers or more over at Vaporsmiths.com. You can give them a call at 855-2-GET-VAPOR. And you'll get free shipping on orders over $60. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. And that's Vaporsmiths.com. So you don't deal with the smell. You don't have to you don't have to go outside anymore. If you're at the bar, you can just pull out your your Vaporsmiths e cig. The
1: first time I ever saw one of these was because of that. There was someone at a bar, and they pulled it out, and they were like, "Look at my little cool little thing I got. They here. are I cool. Can smoke
0: inside, right? Well, you're not smoking. Yeah, you're, you're vaporizing. And so, at, in most places, they they won't do anything about it to you. They can't. It's not been prohibited or anything like that. So, save some money, smell better, feel better. It's also a healthier alternative to using tobacco products. So, once again, go to vapormsmith.com. Eight 855- five five to get Vapor. Use coupon code FTL and get your uh, free shipping on orders of $60 or more. And uh, with a purchase of 40 cartomizers or more, use coupon code FTL to get the free starter kit. Vaporsmiths.com as we continue here with you and your thoughts. Kelvin is on the line in Colorado on the Amp lines. Hey, Kelvin.
7: Hey, good evening, Ian and Julia.
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
7: Hey, I also uh, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the immigration issue. Sure. Uh, Of... uh... Of all the uh, the tenets of the the liberty movement, uh, this one and the uh, environmental you know methods of protecting the environment are, are ones that I always have kind of a hard time figuring out uh, a really good workable solution to. But uh, so, am I to understand that that you're advocating a totally open immigration for anyone from anywhere? in the world
0: well of course i mean wouldn't that be what a free place was uh, all about to allow people to go uh, leave and come as freely as they would like i mean on top of that also remember that uh, private property would still exist so if you wanted to close down your own property to whomever you wanted then you could you could close it down Uh, but otherwise everybody else that wants to have people moving from point to point that you know they should be able to
7: but isn't one of the tenets of of the freedom philosophy is that people be uh responsible for themselves, so you could have people with uh, severe mental illnesses, uh, people that don't have any capability to support themselves, uh, people with communicable diseases, uh, violent criminals, you know, all, all kinds of people from anywhere in the world showing up, and wouldn't there be any kind of a screening process or some way that prevents you know, any of these people from coming in, or are you just saying, let them all come in and the market will take care of the issue?
8: well
1: if there wasn't um like welfare style programs and you had to work you know to live basically why would people from other countries come here like you mentioned um people with mental illnesses and um people who couldn't support themselves why would they want to come here if if this was a nation where or i wouldn't even call it a nation but if this was a place where you had to be able to support yourself to live
7: oh yeah that's an excellent point i I guess I I keep getting stuck on this idea of how would this thing work in the world of today? But really, I guess we have to think of a bunch of reforms happening in parallel so that as each of these things happen, the other concepts to support that being viable have have to be put in place. Right, we have to have true
0: we have to have true freedom. Uh and but but that's not to say that I think that uh, there's some people that will say well until we've got rid of the welfare program we need to crack down on immigration. I don't support that at all. I think that you know whatever wherever we can have more freedom we should have more freedom now. And uh you know if people want to support some uh, cripples coming here from other countries, then they should be able to do that uh, as well. If I want to hire people from other countries because I think their work ethic is better or whatever, which of course is silly, each individual is different, but if I want to hire people from another country, maybe because I'm from there or whatever, I should be able to do that. And I shouldn't have to ask any government uh, bureaucrats permission. I shouldn't have to beg and I shouldn't have to, certainly shouldn't have to pay anybody any money uh, in order to, uh, you know, except for buying a plane ticket or a a ship ticket or whatever uh, to get somebody here. So it's the government just stays stands in the way of progress by preventing people from uh, from coming here to make a better life for themselves. And then to use the example of well, what about violent criminals? Shouldn't we be checking everybody before they come in here? That's just an excuse for control. And uh, right now we have people in this country that have a violent mindset. Maybe they're out there planning a crime as we speak. Uh, and there's nothing we can do about that because we don't have the ability to you know. Check out people's thoughts and arrest people for thought crimes, thank goodness. Um, And so I wouldn't want to use that justification on why people shouldn't be able to come here just on their own volition. Oh, we need to have a government around to check them out first. Well no, how about we just let people come here and then deal with the violent ones that happen to show up? Because most of them aren't violent. The super majority of the people coming here are, are peaceful folks that are looking for a better life for themselves. And that's what I want to have happen. But if there's all kinds of restrictions in the way, then they're just, m- many of them are just going to say, screw it. And they're not going to bother trying. And I don't know, I think I heard recently that it's like, a, what is it, like a hundred year long waiting list or something like that to get into this country now at this point or something. Something crazy like that. Like unless you are really 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 qualified and you you know, you've got all uh, all your T's crossed and I's dotted, and you know, lawyerly stuff taken care of, paperwork and uh, big money behind you. You're probably not going to be able to uh, to to immigrate here. And just think about all of the economic uh, ramifications that that has. Uh, the fact that these immigrants who might otherwise come here and start businesses and fill jobs that are very difficult to fill. Those things aren't happening, and so who knows what kind of economic growth we're missing out on because we don't have other people coming adding their uh, their minds and their bodies into this mix uh,
7: that, that that does sound really reasonable but quite idealistic um, i I'd like to to see or uh, you know come up with some kind of a plan to you know how we would implement this in a gradual manner that that would actually work because you know these ideas are are all great, but they all depend on all these other things are already being free, and they're not. So uh, it would be interesting to you know come up with some kind of a plan as to like well, okay, we need to attack this this concept, this concept, and this concept, and then uh, and that would enable these. Other things to work in the future, which would enable these other things to work in the
0: future. Uh, well, my plan is, <laughs> uh, and you know, for all of everybody that wants to plan, by, by all means, go for it. My plan is to ignore the government as much as possible and encourage other people to ignore them, and hopefully they'll go away. Thank you for the call, Kelvin. <laughs> I appreciate hearing from you. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control. Free talk live.
9: If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate. Well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and
10: sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those. Shrine of Female listeners is one of them with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will take you there. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine over at Shrine.freetalklive.com. And by the way, SACL CAI has been a longtime sponsor of Free Talk Live. They take care of sponsoring the phone lines for us. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you owe it to yourself to call SACL Get in touch with them through their banner at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. And they know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. Visit them, SACL at their banner at freetalklive.com, right there at the top. Our number here, 855-453, and that number is brought to you by SACLCAI, 1-855-450-3733. I was just uh, surfing a little bit during the break there, and I went to the lewrockwell.com blog, lewrockwell.com's blog's on the right-hand side of the page, and there's a little piece there from Karen DeCoster, The Next Click It or Ticket, and she writes, There was a time when we thought that one could be safe while shopping at Safeway. Americans, in their ceaseless search of safety, thanks to government propaganda and policy and safety Nazi fear-mongering from the media and masses, have come up with yet another way to spend money they don't have on safety they don't need. Here is the wrap strap, a shopping cart safety strap. Just in case a high-speed high, carts, high speed cart collision might cause the little one to be launched from the cart and sent like a projectile through the produce section at Kroger, headfirst into a patch of barbed artich- artichoke carts. I mean, they literally have a seat belt for I've kids seen in this shopping before. carts.
1: I've seen this before.
0: This is new to me. Is
1: it government mandated?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: I mean, it seems weird, but I I think I've seen this before. I mean, they have those um, at Target. They have like those ridiculous, humongous shopping carts where you can put like two kids in the front and those have seatbelts.
0: Do they? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I bet you're probably right about that. I but, mean, it seems unnecessary. This would be something where you would bring this with you to the store. So you would purchase the wrap strap. Oh, bring it with you to the store. Attach it to the uh, the shopping cart in the child seated area, and then you know put your child in it. Essentially,
1: when we were kids, they (laughs) didn't have all these fancy carts, but what they did have was little mini carts that were like child size, and we could you know could help we could help exactly, and it was so much fun. And so many old people complained, and they got rid of them. Really? Yeah, they didn't like kids running around, which I guess I can understand. But you know, parents keep track of your kids again. Parents make children look awful.
0: Right, it's a bad parenting all the way. I just thought this was interesting. I mean, it just seems so absurd. Really? Yeah. Kids need a <laughs> seatbelt. I mean, it's humongous too. It's like a like a six inch wide strap. So I mean, it's even. Oh gosh. It's much larger than any seatbelt. It's, uh, seat it's belt.
1: bigger than his stomach.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's almost as large as the whole the, the trunk, the full <laughs> trunk of this child's uh, body here. So I just you know again this 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 rounding off of corners this make everything extra super well, safe it's i think that's a uh, i think it's a dangerous idea to try to make things as safe as possible because it gives people a false sense of security in life
1: well it's like um when we were kids there's certain playground toys that they don't put in playgrounds anymore i've heard right. that when they build new playgrounds like a lot of times they won't put swings in cuz people fall
0: off the swings merry-go-rounds too
1: merry-go-rounds are long gone
0: Man, those things were fun.
1: They were so
0: much fun. A little dangerous, but fun. Oh yeah, yeah. who hasn't fallen off one of those? Right. That, that's our age.
1: I mean, <laughs> kids younger than us wouldn't have never experienced one, but they were awesome. Mm. Now that doesn't sound like fun at all. Spinning around in circles, like yeah, <laughs> probably would.
8: <laughs>
1: but um, one time I went to a playground in Idaho that when I was a little kid I used to go all the time, and Chris and Luther and I went back when we were like older. And they had, it had like this tube in the middle that you could climb up and mm-hmm. kids love to climb stuff. Sure. And they had blocked it off.
0: Like pour concrete in it or something yeah, like that?
1: Yeah. They had like covered no. it up and so that you couldn't go through it anymore. That's sad. And it's like, so one kid gets hurt. Yep. And you know, kids, they get hurt. You cannot protect them. And do you really want to, if you actually think about it, like kids need to get hurt. It's how they learn safety boundaries.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to learn somehow what is dangerous and what right. is not.
1: I think it's dangerous to pretend like everything in the world is always safe. Like, that's a dangerous message.
0: Absolutely. one 450 free is the number here. You're welcome to uh, share your thoughts. Maybe you own the wrap strap and you can defend uh, <laughs> why you would spend thirteen ninety five plus shipping on uh, this completely, in my opinion, unnecessary device. I just, I just don't understand. I mean, is it did you really? I mean, are you really worried about the kid going flying out of the shopping cart? That seems pretty unrealistic. Or is it like, are you trying to like strap the kid in so he can't climb out somehow? Yeah. Is that the idea? Like, you're just going to leave the cart alone for a while and then you just leave your kid sitting in it? I mean, what? You don't yeah. want to leave a child unattended like that, period. So yeah. what's the what is the real purpose for this? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So eight five five four fifty three Chris listening in Indy to WXNT. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
9: Well, I've been able to establish two things from listening to you for this brief period of time is one, you don't have children, and two, you don't live in California.
0: <laughs> okay, explain, and, please.
9: And the reason I say that is that your your idea about immigration um is fine unless unless you actually put it into practice. What's happened in California is that Somebody has to pay for the prisons and hospitals, and that ends up being the taxpayers, not the employers and not the illegal immigrants, but the people who work for a living, end up paying for all the prisons and hospitals that immigration, our current immigration policy requires.
1: Well, we if don't support up, the current immigration policy.
9: Like, right, I don't, but I
0: agree open, that you should you not have to pay. Door,
9: if you open up the doors, somebody has to pay for the prisons. In well, how, about,
0: how about you start with the problem, which is the state and all of its prohibitions, which is filling up prisons in California. So well, you...
9: most, of the, most of the illegal immigrants that are—30 percent of the prison population in California is illegal immigrants. And they're not being arrested for—for for instance, 1,200 people were killed by illegal immigrants in the United States last year. Drunk driving, uh, vehicular How homicide, many killed were,
1: were killed with, um, like, white people?
9: I'm, I don't know, I just know that twelve hundred a
1: people lot killed
9: by a lot more than 1,200. driving, okay, so let's say it's forty thousand, whatever it is hey the the citizens have a right to be here, and we can't do anything about that. We can do is have a sane immigration policy that requires qual- that allows qualified people to come into the country
0: who, have decides?
9: Skills education.
0: who who decides who's qualified you
9: well no but but, but again who's, if which if you experts? Want to have those... If you don't have those qualifications, you're going to have a Who country decides? like California.
0: Who decides?
9: I, w- I would say they are elected officials
0: have to decide that. You want to trust politicians to decide who's appropriate to come into this country or not?
9: Well, I know they're doing a damn poor job of it now, but look at California. Look at their $14 billion in the hole.
0: Well, you're talking a about a state policy? government that is notoriously out of control as far as its spending and its uh, and its programs and things like that and you know what there's a problem with you again you're blaming immigrants you're scapegoating them for problems <laughs> that that are not their fault people have, make mistakes when they you know when they're driving or whatever regardless of Where from, are you? of what where are you right now? It doesn't matter where with? I am. I'm in New Hampshire, but I'm from Florida, so I'm very familiar with immigration, sir. So don't don't try that one with me. Oh,
9: I, I suggest I suggest you look at the economics of California. Or, or read or read uh, mexifornia by victor davis hansen
0: oh i'm sure that some propaganda book is going to be really worth my time look it doesn't matter it? to me it doesn't How matter do you know to me propaganda? dude i'm about stop, I, I support human freedom and what you're advocating is a police state you're advocating no, i want no, to hear more about what you have to say chris so stick with us here i'll bring you back and you can explain to me if you feel like it you can explain to me what your vision is what's what's your mexifornia vision what, what is it the uh, the author of that book because you're just going to give me a summary of it i don't have I'm not going to make the time to read it. What is it that you think should be done if it's not being done right right now? more coming up, free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll free number is 855 450 Free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 855 450 3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the mobile sites. So if you have a smartphone and you'd like to access our streams or podcast, you can do it for free and quickly by going to m as in mobile. dot com. That's m. dot dot com. And the Ruger Gunsight Scout rifle is an affordable, versatile, and reliable rifle that will deliver ten rounds of three hundred eight Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle to have if you can have only one. Ruger.com. As uh, we continue here, we had a gentleman on hold. He dropped off the line. I think it was Chris, though, in Indy. And we were talking about immigration. And he brought up this uh, objection that, well, you don't live in California, so you don't know what it's like. There's people out there. They're hurting people, and uh, nationwide there was what do you say, fourteen hundred? No, he people? said
1: twelve hundred nationwide. Which I'd like to like for you to think about that number for a minute. Now, I don't think that twelve hundred dead people is ever a good thing, but twelve hundred in a nation of. Isn't it three hundred million? Yeah. That number's pretty small. That
0: is pretty small. Compare that, by the way, to uh the number of immigrants that are here as well, which the you know, the immigration zealots estimate in the multiple millions. So I mean you're talking about spread across millions and millions and millions of people, twelve hundred of them maybe have, you know, a, a violent criminal fe- you know well, and he- <laughs> record. Right. And <laughs> what? So, and that's supposed to justify a total crackdown and a total police state to you know to make sure that these are all you know supposedly clean records, people that have begged appropriately to the local governments or to the, the federal government to get here.
1: Now, he also brought up the hospitals, and I think it's important to point out that right now in this country there there's laws right that say basically that the hospital has to take any person who comes into the hospital and then we have to pay for it basically The taxpayers yeah the taxpayers yeah. and it drives hospital costs way up sure um i used to i watch a lot of documentaries on, i love documentaries on drugs and i was watching one about meth labs once and there was one burn lab in a hospital in tennessee i think it was in memphis and they were saying that they spend like $300 billion a year taking care of burn victims that have no insurance that were brought in from, from meth, meth labs. labs. So that's one hospital, one ward, one hospital, one issue. It's just meth lab victims.
0: So you legalize drugs and the meth gets manufactured in controlled laboratory environments. You save that money right there, right off right. the top. Right.
1: But the point of me telling you this is like that's the, the hospital costs are drawn. They're just I mean they go through the roof because we're f- forced to pay for everybody to have this yeah. hospital care. So the the issue there is the welfare hospital system not right. the immigrants
0: which is why I, which is why i suggested that uh, chris it's why I had suggested that he was scapegoating, which is really what is – that's what the immigrants are being used for these days. They're political football and they're a scapegoat for a lot of the problems that are created by the government. These, these are governmental yeah. problems. California has a government problem. It has a, a big government problem. They have way high taxes, all kinds of crazy regulations out in California. And and as a result of uh, you know the war on drugs and things like that, they've got gang wars. And, th- and it's a terrible situation. Terrible. But if you change the government's rules, if you change, you know, you get rid of the war on drugs, then all of a sudden, you know, the gangs don't have something to traffic in anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't have to pay for people who blew themselves up uh, making homemade meth just like I shouldn't have to pay for so-called illegal immigrants. I should only have to pay for my own hospital bill. And if I feel like donating to somebody's hospital bill because I feel for them or, uh, you know, whatever, that's my business. But I, none of us, I don't think, should be forced to pay for that.
0: Absolutely. Let's go to you and your thoughts at 855 free Brian is listening in Washington you're on Free Talk Live at the Inn and in Julia. Right. Hey
6: there. So there's a lot of talk about immigration. Yes, sir. But I was calling to talk about emigration with an E,
0: as in leaving. Because the country. I plan
6: on moving to Peru.
0: Okay. Interesting. Why?
6: Well, because you know it's it seems a lot freer there. Have you been? Have you been somewhere with that? No, I haven't. Actually, I was calling to see maybe if you had been to Peru, or maybe if any of the listeners tonight had been there recently with some type of firsthand personal knowledge with good, the uh, good question, you know, the political what, climate, things like that.
0: Good question. What is it that is attractive to you about Peru from the outside?
6: Uh, you can go out there and get yourself some cheap land in the jungle and be a farmer and eat bananas and things <laughs> like that, and your property tax would be like 100 bucks, and that's just 100 bananas you'd have to sell to a tourist every year. You'd be fine. And we speak English, so that means that it would be really easy for us to sell stuff to tourists.
0: Perhaps, if there right. are tourists that are touring the farmlands of uh, Peru. I don't know if that's going to Oh,
6: well, just like anybody else, I'd plan to leave the farmlands I of see. Peru with my load of goodies to sell dumb American tourists down at the tourist area, but...
0: Oh, you I mean, know what? I, I actually had some uh, some show prep here not too long ago. I'll see if I can pull it up, but it was about uh, somebody who had tried the emigration route and was – Less than enthusiastic about it. I'll see if I can dig it up here. I know it's somewhere back in the the, the somewhere in my my show prep file here. But there's certainly some some interesting options out there. Uh, a lot of people talk about Costa Rica or Belize. Uh, those are a couple of fairly popular choices. Even New Zealand, uh, if you're looking for a more English-speaking uh, place. Some people have. Have uh, have looked at that? Uh, Estonia certainly one of the more free uh, former uh, former Soviet Union states. Hong Kong is a big attractor as it's the one of the freest economies in the world, although it has its its negatives. So, I mean, every place is going to have its ups and uh, and its downs, and certainly it certainly deserves research and and like you say, asking other people what their experience has been. So, maybe somebody out there is either in Peru right now because uh, we do have an international listening audience, or has visited recently and can share some stuff with us.
6: Well, that would be great, because you know, I did a little research myself, and I, I think uh, staying on this continental, even if it's North and South America, because you can drive down there more or less, which means that if, worst case scenario, I guess you can make it back to the U.S. with your truck if you really wanted to. You know, I'm sure there'll be a place in a FEMA refugee camp for someone if, if you really want to come back. They'll find you a hole.
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to let us know if you go down for a visit uh, What it uh, what it ended up being like for you.
6: Oh, don't worry. If if we make it down there alive, we'll definitely be letting you know.
0: All right, Brian. Anything else you want to share tonight?
6: No, that's great. I appreciate it. Tonight, Thanks for guys. The
0: call. Good luck out there. I appreciate hearing from you at 450 free. I'm not ready to uh, to jet out yet. Uh, I don't think it's gotten that bad. I think we can still change things here in this country, and I don't well, think we've we've done enough to try to do that.
1: I think that one of the things that's particularly scary about America is like the police state the direction that's going in there because absolutely there are i mean like you said there are ups and downs to all kinds of countries and like when you look at places like europe they're extremely socialist but that scares me a little less than like police state like when you see the pictures of the cops in the in the uh, in the riot gear pepper spraying people yeah. that frightens me so I think that, you know, it's kind of understanding to be a a little bit more than concerned about the direction that uh, that America is taking versus the rest
0: of the world. All right. I found the piece here. It's, uh, it's entitled, Should You Leave the U.S. Before the Collapse? Words of Wisdom from Someone Who Tried. Ooh. It's from naturalnews.com. One of the most common questions, this is Mike Adams, the health ranger. One of the most common questions I'm asked today from people who are aware of what's really going on is, should I leave the U.S. to get away from the coming police state? Three years ago, I would have said yes. But today, after having experienced such an effort myself, and now having a clear understanding of the ramifications of such an effort, I must urge people to reconsider. As you'll read here, you may ultimately be far safer and more successful living right where you are in your home country even if that home country becomes a police state now this is a guy who we've read a few of his things in the past he's been reporting on uh like the raids on health food stores and the raids on the the amish farmers and folks like that uh, i believe it was uh, god i don't remember the, the name of it but there was a health food store where the police literally came in with an armed SWAT team raid out in california and confiscated the raw milk and the the dairy items from from their refrigerator i mean it's just crazy stuff happening. Yeah. so i mean this guy is definitely aware of the uh, the police state He says, "I've lived in many countries, by the way, Taiwan, Australia, and Ecuador. I've traveled extensively throughout Asia, given seminars in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Malaysia. I've traveled across England, France, Spain, and even Portugal. Spent quite uh, quite a bit of time in Central and South America. I speak decent Spanish and decent Chinese, and there's almost nowhere I can go in the world that I can't speak to the local people in either English, Spanish, or Mandarin Chinese. I've seen extreme wealth, extreme poverty, and extreme corruption in all its world flavors." And I've seen what corruption does to nations and its populations firsthand. I don't claim to be a prophet of any kind, but today I'm a bit wiser, a bit more experienced, and a bit less foolish than I was a few years ago. And I'd like to pass on whatever nuggets of wisdom might help you and your family prepare for the global, powerful, global changes which have already begun to unfold. Here, I'll share with you five powerful realizations that you need to keep in mind when considering where to locate or to relocate before the collapse becomes a reality. So, for starters, he says there's a universal truth you must accept if you hope to make a truly wise decision about where to locate. And that is that corruption is everywhere. And we'll come back with what Mike Adams has to say about his years of traveling abroad and living abroad and what he thinks about it. Hour three's next.
5: BigHeadPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. All so you have to do, dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE. cai toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Coming up this hour, uh, we'll give you some more of these realizations from a guy who tried to leave the country. just to He figured he was going to escape the police state, thought it would be better in other places. And he has some interesting lessons that he wants to share. Uh, from naturalnews.com. We'll continue with his thoughts here in a moment. But first, to the phones and to the fun, you and your thoughts are welcome. Of course, don't forget to join us over at freetalklive.com, where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners in a variety of ways, and it's all free. Let's talk first to Glenn, calling from, I believe, Canada? Glenn? I have no idea where uh, you are.
10: No, I said uh, Connecticut. Sorry ah, about
0: Connecticut. That. Gotcha. Yeah. What's, what's on your mind tonight, Glenn?
10: Um, so, um... Uh, you were talking, some guy called in. He was asking about Peru as a specific location. Um, now yeah. I've, I've traveled and backpacked all over South Latin America, um, and and it, it's a great you know it's a great continent and all. Uh, I've never been specifically to Peru, but from other backpackers and Peruvians I've talked to, they say that whole region which uh, borders the Amazon area is is really great. That that if you go there, people are super friendly. They'll they'll let you into their house. They'll cook you a meal. Um, uh, very safe, and it's it's just a great area to be in that jungle area he's talking about. Um, so it, it, it does look like a good place. And just generally, from traveling in South America and Central America, um, I can I can tell him that anybody who's at all entrepreneurial or motivated can do rather well. Because, um, and I know this this is going to be a stereotype, but a lot of most of the natives and locals in Latin America are kind of they're kind of easygoing, they're very laid back. So if you're like a motivated person. Uh, you can, you know, run a little business there and, and make money easily. And it's it's a beautiful, Latin America is gorgeous. I mean, the nature there is unbelievable.
0: I think it's a generally true statement that if you are motivated enough and entrepreneurial-minded enough and willing to put in more time and effort than others, you can generally do better than average. I mean, that's just generally true. Um, so cool. So your experiences have been pretty positive down, uh, down in South America.
10: Oh, yeah. I, I went to Ecuador, which was right next door to Peru, which I love. Ecuador is a small country. It's got everything. But I'll tell you, the most beautiful country in South America, it's probably uh, Colombia. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out Colombia. It's just got the most amazing nature and uh, and scenery and some cool cities, too.
0: Glenn, anything uh, else you want to place. share tonight? I uh, know. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing right, from you. you. Let's talk to Nick, listening in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia.
3: Hi. Um, Hi, You've had some callers tonight talking about uh, immigration, border control, prisons, and other public goods issues. Yes, sir. Uh, As you've probably noticed by now, usually when I call in these days, it's to make the argument that what we should be doing instead of trying to convince people that, say, immigration is a good thing, it's better to show them how border control and other functions that we associate with modern government could still exist even in a free market setup, such as with deed-restricted communities or other arrangements with a geographically centralized control and provision of certain resources. And while I still believe that that is an effective way to clarify what the essential principles of liberty actually are, I'm beginning to wonder myself whether or not the approach you've been taking tonight is better, that is, to convince people of the value of certain policies instead of just arguing about the structure of how rules are made and enforced in a society. Like, uh, in that conversation with Kelvin, your response to his worries about immigration was to extol the virtues of immigration. By contrast, I once heard about an article that Hans-Hermann Hoppe wrote arguing that in a libertarian society, it's likely that private property owners would gather together in what you would call deep, restricted communities and create an effective border around the perimeter of their gathered property areas. So I guess my question is... um,
0: I, I think we it all did. depends. I mean, uh, you can get to your question in a moment here, but I, I think it just depends on what the property owners want. Obviously, some people want to live in a community with walls on the on all sides, for whatever reason, and then there are others who don't really like that very much. I, for one, don't really have an interest in that. I mean, I I, I don't live in a walled-off community right now, and I could if I wanted to.
3: Right. So my question is, if we already – like, let's say for a moment that uh, we already lived in a libertarian Uh, community where America just happened to be one giant deed restricted community or whatever, would you still be advocating in favor of an immigration policy, even if, uh, you know, like with Kelvin, you were basically, you know, what if Kelvin called in and said, uh, hey, in my deed restricted community, we think that uh, immigrants should be kept out. Would you still then advocate for uh, the, the virtues of immigration as you did?
0: Well, I mean, if, if if he's got 100% agreement from the people in his community that they want to lock it down, then that's their business. Uh, I mean, you're talking about larger than just a neighborhood. You're talking about some sort of like a private city or something like that? Is that the kind of level we're talking about here? Yeah. Okay. Well, I tend to believe that uh, that fresh people coming into a community is a good thing, and there's some value there. So I would I would advocate for it, but if it were his private community, it wouldn't be any of my damn business. I mean, I, I might say, oh, I think you're making a mistake, but that would be as far as I would be able to take that.
3: Hmm. Now, I'm not sure Kelvin really understood that, because I think some reaction that people have when they call into the show and they think you're crazy is they think that uh, you're advocating for a world where, if that is their preference, they would not be able to have it.
0: Oh, well, maybe you missed the part where – I don't know if it was Kelvin or the call before that but uh, or wherever I said it. But I did say that private property rights would be paramount. So people who wanted to keep people out would still be able to do that. They would just simply be required to you know, handle that. They'd be required to hire whatever security was necessary or build whatever edifices would be necessary to, uh, to ensure that that were the case. But others who wished, as I pointed out earlier, others who wished to allow uh, people to cross on their land would be able to do that as well.
3: Yeah, I think what what might have um, a miscommunication might have occurred there where he was thinking you might, you know, people who live in the statist matrix believe that when you're talking about private property, you're talking about like individual households. And so he would think, uh, well, well, what if I go beyond my property line and I have to live in a community with all these immigrants I don't want to see?
0: Yeah, I don't know what Kelvin was getting at. I think Kelvin, I mean, he's an amplifier, so I presume that he knows a little bit more, I guess, than the average person about the ideas of liberty. Uh, so perhaps that's where I was coming from in that conversation. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, for I was kind for of the...
3: surprised uh, to, hear, to hear that coming from him, knowing knowing his uh,
0: status. Well, we all start somewhere on this road to liberty. As I mentioned, I was not on board with the immigration idea when I first found the ideas of, uh, of liberty, and I, I since changed my mind on that. And so I appreciate you calling to uh, to point that out, Nick. It's certainly important to remind folks that a world with open immigration, with private property, still allows people to have closed off uh, sub societies within that, or societies that are more restrictive. And then same I think same thing this- with
3: public health care and other private or other public goods issues. The entire public goods issue is a non-issue because of uh, because. Uh, you could still have centralized geograph- uh, geographically centralized administration of that like in private cities
0: you could if it worked i mean if people wanted to voluntarily you know consensually uh, arrange themselves into such uh organizations they certainly could, and then we would it would be interesting because we would get to see what uh, models worked better than the others, and then you know the market Very would decide exciting. and they would do du- they would be duplicated and modified and improved. And it would all be done consensually, which sounds a lot better to me. Thanks, Nick, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 855 free is the toll-free number. Let's, go to, uh, let's continue on here. 855-450-3733. So uh, naturalnews.com's Health Ranger is uh, reporting on his experience, I guess, traveling the world and thinking that he was going to be able to escape from the police state of the U.S., to somewhere else, and his realization was that corruption is everywhere. Realization number one, he's got five of them, we might be able to touch on a few of them here. If you think the U.S. is corrupt, you should try living in Peru, Bolivia, or Panama. And if you think that's corrupt, head over to Haiti for a double heaping serving of corruption. Yes, we may all legitimately complain about the U.S., but from what I've seen everywhere around the world, the United States is still less corrupt than most places in the world. Yes, there are bad apples everywhere throughout local police, federal, FBI, and even the court system, but for every bad apple, there are probably three times as many honorable people who are just trying to do their jobs. I think that's, well, I don't know how true that statement is, but I do know that a lot of the people in government think they're doing the right thing and believe that they're doing good for their community when in point of fact they're not doing that and of course doing their jobs is no excuse but he goes on to say that uh he in the past served as a nonprofit support role the local police in tucson arizona and came to know them as some of the most upstanding honorable peace officers i've ever met yes they had a history of outrageous corruption but they rooted out that corruption and restored integrity to their operation that sounds pretty pie in the sky to me But then again, he worked with them, and I didn't. 855-450-FREE. We'll find out more about his opinions on corruption worldwide here in a moment. You can also take control. It's Free Talk Live.
5: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advanced work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize. And off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash today.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and the toll free number is here for you. Take control of the airwaves, bring up what you want at 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 450 3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there totally free. So enjoy, and once again, freetalklive.com. Features including the webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam, and you can go and do it at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam com and wisefoodstorage.com is your solution for preparedness. There's always a chance that right around the corner something unexpected could happen in your life. Hopefully it won't but you never know whether it's a natural disaster or a personal unemployment something that uh, kind of throws you for a loop it's good to have some food in the house in storage that you can turn to in a time of need and wisefoodstorage.com can help you with that. With ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. Packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches that carry a 25-year shelf life. This is serious. Storage food and seriously good considering all of that. I've tried some of this and I like it. 855 uh, Foodwise today is their number. You can get a free entree sample and see for yourself the quality of this product. 855 uh, Foodwise or visit wisefoodstorage.com. Now you can enter promo code FTL and get free shipping and 10% off of your order at wisefoodstorage.com. 855 Foodwise and use promo code FTL at wisefoodstorage.com. And we're talking about uh, a story here from naturalnews.com where Mike Adams, the health ranger, is explaining that a few years ago he would have said, yeah, get out of the U.S. You got to escape the police state. And he tried that. I guess he went around the world and uh, tried living in other places. And he feels like maybe it wasn't such a good idea. And he's he's coming, He's coming. sharing some of the realizations. Now, obviously, there are people that disagree with him, but we're just sharing one, one perspective. There are other people. That, there's another piece that I have here. Uh, That's all about living more free in, in Mexico, for instance. So he says that corruption is everywhere and he asserts that it's far worse outside of the US talks about how he has worked with a police department in Tucson that he had a lot of respect for. And goes on to say that don't make the mistake of thinking you can escape corruption by leaving the U.S. You're actually likely to discover more corruption elsewhere. For example, in Ecuador, where I lived for two years and held a local driver's license, it wasn't unusual for me to be stopped at an armed military roadblock and asked questions. These were staffed with soldiers carrying what appeared to be variants of the standard U.S. M4 rifles. They never gave me any trouble, it turns out. They asked a couple of questions and looked at my documentation, then waved me through and i would say that odds are good you'll start seeing this more often in the us within the next few years we already have stories about the tsa setting up checkpoints at bus stations and train stations and there have been the occasional stories about the tsa setting up checkpoints in uh like at a bus stop for instance in indianapolis a few years ago so it's not unheard of for these things to happen of course we already have dui checkpoints and even seatbelt uh and 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 we have papers checkpoints in this country just, they're seat not widespread
1: checkpoints i was haven't this? heard of those although one time i was in new york and there was this like uh, the cop i guess he wasn't really cop they're like parking people or the people at the Traffic tolls cops, they yeah. were like Cop outfits. But he was walking down the strip and like looking in people's cars and that's probably what he was looking for, right? Was
0: the people wearing people in their,
1: their seatbelts. Yeah. Like he was kind of pretending.
0: Yeah, he was
1: kind of pretending to direct like which toll you should go to, but mm-hmm. he was like just walking and looking and it was kind of weird and like, Could be. I mean, I thought he was looking for seat belts, I guess, but I don't know. Maybe he was hoping I had a joint in my hand.
0: Could be that, or like here in New Hampshire, they'll just sit alongside of the road and eyeball people's stickers on the front of their windshield, which lets them know what uh, when they were supposed to have their inspection done. And so if they see the wrong color or the wrong number, they just flip on their lights and pull that person over. So that could be could be looking for some sort of sticker or whatever. Anyway, he says... Uh, in fact, I had many friends in law enforcement in Ecuador and spoke with them regularly. Sure, they were a little corrupt, but not in an over-the-top criminal way like we see with the FBI in the United States actually masterminding terrorist plots and then magically discovering those plots just in time to halt them. Costa Rica has been described as a police state by numerous people who have visited or have even lived there. And yes, the country, if a beautiful paradise in terms of climate and is perhaps the most socially advanced nation in Central and South America, but like all such nations, it has a socialist police state mentality. South Americans love socialism, it turns out, and this has everything to do with preparedness. His second point is that many cultures do not practice long-term preparedness thinking. He says, In observing all this firsthand, I've come to the conclusion that embracing of socialism throughout South America is the result of cultural short-term thinking. For example, throughout South America, people often buy prescriptions – Prescription medicines, one pill at a time. They buy a bag of twenty screws from the hardware store, then return to the store after they run out to buy another twenty. This is often infuriating to the Gringos who are trying to build a house, for example, because they operate with the idea that you should buy just buy five thousand screws all at once and have plenty to get the job done. I can assure you from first-hand experience that such a concept is completely alien to a great many South Americans, most notably in rural areas. Although, just. Throwing my own supposition into into this may be a factor of economics as well i mean if If you're poorer, then you're less likely to buy five thousand screws when maybe you feel like you can you know try a hundred and see if yeah. you can finish the job. It may not be the most economically sound thinking, but people who are poor think in different ways from from others so for instance, if you buy five thousand screws, you get a better price per screw than if you buy fifty screws. But if you can only afford so many at a time, then there's only so much you can
1: you can afford. But if you're only if you don't need five thousand screws and you don't feel like you're going to need them in the future, then you'd be wasting the extra money and then right. it's more beneficial. Like buying in bulk isn't always the way to go. That's true.
0: He's, uh, he says, I make no judgments about this, by the way. There are pros and cons of both sides of this equation. But in my experience living in Ecuador, finding people engaged in preparedness planning was virtually impossible unless they were of European descent. For example, rural Ecuadorians often buy a small baggie of spices in quantity for cooking one meal. And in doing this kind of thing, they nickel and dine themselves into actually losing money because they don't take advantage of the purchasing efficiencies realized through long-term planning. This idea, for example, of buying large quantities of facial tissue at a Costco or Sam's Club is completely foreign to most South American cultures, more so in rural areas than than in urban. Even if they might save 40% from buying in bulk, their cultural tendency is to buy one tissue box at a time, paying a much higher overall price over time. He says the concept is also reinforced by the very heavy reliance on state-run lotteries throughout the South America area. In any nation, high participation in lotteries is a powerful demonstration that a culture lacks the cognitive coherence necessary for intelligent financial planning. And I would say that in the U.S. there's plenty of uh, lotto players. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of that here, too. He says you see this heavily reflected throughout Peru or Brazil, by the way. And you'll even find this in many poorer areas of the rural U.S. where lack of mathematics education motivates many people to hand over even more of their money to the state. And he says that's why the mathematically inclined call the lottery a tax on people who can't do math. And he says there is, of course, an interesting upside to this short-term thinking because the very same phenomenon might also be called living in the moment. Some in the New Age movement call it the power of now – south americans know all about the power of now as you'll clearly see on a sunday morning when driving your car down the road weaving around drunken citizens sleeping in the ditches sometimes still clutching an empty bottle a bottle of sugarcane alcohol the night before they all lived in the now you see and they weren't necessarily thinking about the hangover implications that would inevitably arrive the next morning so to get anything done in society you have to live at least a little bit in the future On the food production front, by the way, it's extremely difficult to buy a John Deere tractor in many Central and South American nations. And much of the food production there is still being done by hand. In Texas, by comparison, John Deere tractors are available everywhere. And more importantly, there are lots of people who know how to fix them. So again, he's kind of helping break down some people's misconceptions about what it might be like to move to another country. We're
8: coming up Free talk live. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. If they threaten you in your home, you can try to escape their tentacles by packing the car, leaving your house and much you've worked for, and hope to cross their borders. But if you lived on a boat, you weigh anchor and sail away. Not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-453. The SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include listening options. You can get tuned in via our live streams, broadband and dial-up versions. We have them both, as well as our radio listening options. Over 100 great stations across the country carrying the show throughout the week at various different times, Our satellite listing options, including XM Satellite Radio, we've got two channels up there, the webcam, which I forgot to turn on earlier tonight because it crashed, uh, and also the listen line. So if one of those things isn't working, you can always use one of the other ones. Head over to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in, listen.freetalklive.com. Naturalnews.com, we've been talking about immigration, but then someone called in to talk about emigrating, which is leaving the U.S. in favor of another land. And he was talking about maybe moving to Peru, but uh, Mike Adams from naturalnews.com is sharing his experiences. Uh, He says Peru's a pretty corrupt place. In fact, there's a lot of corruption around the world, according to him. And uh, yeah, sure, the U.S. has its share of corruption, but maybe it's not as you know bad as some of these other places that might seem more attractive from the outside because we're not there all the time we don't know what it's like uh to live in in these places and he does because he spent a few years uh in a number of these uh locations ecuador being one of them and he talks about how uh that there's corruption everywhere and that in South American countries people don't practice what he calls long-term preparedness thinking buying little bits of things rather than buying in bulk and just not making smart economic decisions and he also blames socialism for for a lot of uh, a lot of that So, going on here with uh, some of his observations, he points out that uh, you can't easily get a John Deere tractor in most uh, Central and South American nations, so the idea of taking care of your own food production on a larger scale, he says, makes it very difficult down there because they're still doing a lot of their food production by hand. Uh, In Texas, he points out it's easy to get a tractor and also find someone to repair them, but given that a tractor is one of the most fundamental work multipliers in agriculture, if you hope to survive the coming collapse, he says... You need a reliable tractor on your land in a community that's familiar with them, and you need a few hundred gallons of stored diesel fuel to uh, power through the disruptions. Now, I tend not to be a real big uh, disaster kind of guy. That's just not my perspective i think it makes sense to be prepared in in case of something bad happening but i think there's a certain level at which you've gone a little nutty with it and yeah, i think that level is a little different for for everybody but julia you were talking about during one of the breaks how you think it's important to have your own i didn't supply.
1: say that it's important i said that i am interest. i like i was talking about having a garden and i th- i think that it can be very useful maybe to know how to grow some of your own food but the real reason i like having a garden is cuz i like fresh vegetables sure you know what i mean but and it's i think it's a good skill to have right to be able to grow some food i don't think it hurts
0: no i think it's it's useful and but it's nice it's something that you can fall back on in right. an emergency and and that's a it's a good reason good enough reason to learn how to do it let alone to have fresh fresh right. uh, fruits and veggies and available. it is
1: very economical if you know how to do it anyway
0: he uh, goes on to say, realization number three: Don't be the foreigner. Another important point to remember in all this is that you're, let's say, a white person living in a white town in America. You blend in. You can walk around anonymously at the grocery store, the shopping mall, the gas station, whatever. But the minute you move to some country town in South America or Thailand or whatever, then you suddenly stick out like a sore thumb. In other words, if you're a six foot one white guy walking around a town full of eight, five foot eight brown skinned people, do you think anyone will notice? You bet they will, and when they see a six-one white guy walking around, what they really see is a walking ATM. You're a symbol of wealth, and the poorer the country you go, the more wealth disparity you'll find, of course. And what you need to understand is that wealth disparity breeds contempt. So while you're driving around in a brand new Toyota 4x4, which I never did, by the way, he says, the locals are looking at you and thinking to themselves that they could never afford that vehicle in their lifetime. Now why does this matter? From a practical perspective, it means that in a social breakdown scenario, these people have an instant idea of where the goods are. Who has the money? The white people. Who has the nicest houses, cars, and electronics? The white people, or the foreigner, even if you're not white. What I learned from this is that I'd rather be an average white guy living in an average neighborhood driving an average car than sticking out like some sort of person who appears to be relatively well-off. That's why today I still live in a modular trailer unit in Austin, still drive a Toyota pickup truck, dress like a rancher in blue jeans and a flannel shirt, and nobody gives it a second thought when I'm out in public. I blend in, and that's far wiser than sticking out. Some people want to look rich and popular, so they wear a lot of bling and they drive a high-end car they can't afford and live in a house they can't pay off and try to fool everybody into thinking they're rich and powerful. Well, I'd rather fool people into thinking I'm not powerful because underneath all that, I actually am quite capable of defending myself or taking decisive action or just quietly removing myself from a situation if required. So it's an interesting point and I think you know a valid one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people move – out to these other countries with the knowledge that they can take their savings with them and live fairly well compared to how they would live here. But will that attract the wrong kind of attention? Not just from the average person on the street, but what about the government people who see you as a target? Because let me tell you, right now the government people see you as a target for for your wealth. Here in this country they see that. And it will be all the more apparent to the ones that uh, are down in wherever it is you're looking at moving. So he goes on to suggest not drawing attention to oneself and then gets to realization number four. And again, there's a longer version of this over at naturalnews.com. You cannot escape the global police state. He says that uh, he's learned by talking with uh, Alex Jones uh, from Infowars.com that you can't escape the, uh, the police state. And he points out that uh, that you know these corporations are global in many cases. Monsanto, Coca-Cola, Exxon, and all these other corporations that infect our world with disease and suffering—they run the global governments. And if you don't believe me, just ask John Perkins, the former economic hitman. We've talked about him uh, on this uh, this program. In the past. The simple truth is, our entire world is under assault by criminals right now, he says, and those criminals are deeply embedded into the financial system of Goldman Sachs and Federal Reserve elitists. They're dominating economies across Europe, North America, Asia, and even Central and South America, and planning an economic implosion so they can steal the world's wealth. All assets backed by paper may become worthless in 2012 and the years soon thereafter. He says, that's all by design and it's global. Again, a little too fear for my tastes, uh, but nonetheless, there's no doubt that the police state mentality is everywhere. I mean, if you've seen the police abuse videos from this country, that's just because you're here and you happen to be privy to them. There have been police abuse videos from other countries for a long time, where in many cases the abuse is much more aggravated.
1: Yeah. I guess what kind of gives it the appearance of being a little more frightening, to me anyway, is... You mean here
0: or other here. country? Okay.
1: <clears throat> like, I totally agree with what you're saying, and and I, I'm i very aware of the fact that, especially like in some of these Latin American countries, like, you know, the, the police are like way more corrupt, and if you get pulled over, basically, you can just pay them off. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, you know, going, you do not want to go to jail in Mexico. Like, it's just not not good. Um but I think what scares me or what makes it seem like a little more frightening here is maybe like the technological advances and like the black riot gear and stuff. It just gives like a more aggressive um Perspective, Even if that's not accurate, you know, violence is violence and corruption is corruption. But when you see the pictures of the pepper spray and like all the cameras and the Big Brother stuff, I think that just seems scarier.
0: Well, I could tell you I agree with that. We just uh, posted here in Keene, New Hampshire, which is a relatively small place, 25,000 population. They just got a $300,000 grant for a what they call a bearcat. Have you heard about this thing? No. It is uh, something that the big cities have. It's an armored personnel carrier.
1: Why it's, would it, they need that it's, here?
0: It's all black. It's very scary and intimidating looking. And they have this in Manchester. So when we were in Manchester the other day, we just happened to be walking by the police station. And we saw this thing. It's in the back under those one of those big cover things that they have uh, yeah. up here up north. And uh, we went in, went on the, the you know on the property, and everybody got their cameras out and we're taking pictures of it. It's a scary looking thing. The the first time I saw one of these was in a video from some of the activists in Washington D.C. where they rolled up on a scene with one of these intimidating black scary armored personnel carriers. And now they're going to get one in little old Keene, New Hampshire. I mean, that's a pretty intimidating thing. And I guess, you know, it's certainly true that in a poorer community like maybe in another country, the cops likely don't have that kind yeah. of equipment. So again, they all have it has their ups and downs. We'll come back with more. He's got one more point on living abroad instead of focusing efforts here. 450 free, the SACL CAI Toll Free Line. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call now, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We're talking about immigration, and if you've had experience living abroad, we'd love to hear from you. 1-855-450-3733. Mike Adams over at naturalnews.com says it's not all it's cracked up to be. And Certainly, it's going to have its perks, but maybe you won't be as free as you think. Yeah. So, uh, we'll get back to that. But... And I think this is incredibly relevant to this discussion. If you do, as uh, we have, decide to stay here in the U.S., so-called United States, then it makes sense to get together with other people that love the ideas of liberty. Because the whole idea of emigrating is, is an escapist thing. The whole idea of leaving to go to another country is, all right, well, I'm taking myself and my family and my dog and uh, my cat, and we're going to go down to, uh, to Ecuador or, or wherever, Belize, or, and you know try to live as cheaply as we can and live as comfortably as we can and, I don't know, die in South America or something like that. Just live out your life. Um, but here uh, in the U.S., we have a chance to get together with other people of like mind. And I think that's going to be the real key to achieving some semblance of liberty in our lifetime is to be with others who already think like we do, that that love liberty, that understand that in order to be free, that they have to allow others to be free as well. So it seems to me that that, that would make sense. I mean, if you could move together, if you could emigrate together with you know thousands of other like-minded people, that would probably be a good tactic as well. I think getting together with others who believe as you do is the key critical step. To achieving more freedom, and that's why I joined the Free State Project. And Julia, you're here as well yes. in New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. We moved here back in 2006. Uh, there have been people moving ever since, and since before that as well. Uh, over 11,000 people have pledged to move. Almost a thousand are in New Hampshire now as part of the Free State Project. And you could have a chance to check this out if you want. You can come out to the Liberty Forum coming up in February. It's the 23rd through the 26th. It's a great excuse to come up, be in New Hampshire, be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are getting active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Because it's one thing to run away and build a house somewhere in South America and just try to live. Uh, It's another thing to get active, to try to set an area free where not only you can live comfortably, but other people can live in more freedom. And we can all reap the benefits of the increased uh, lifespan, wealth, or whatever the, the wonderful benefits would be of, of getting rid of the coercive government uh, and their influence from our lives. So get together with other people and start by coming to the Liberty Forum. You can see some great speakers, uh, folks like Carlos Miller from uh, Photography is Not a Crime, Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture, a Prax Girl just announced who does a YouTube channel, uh, Real Sharp Stuff, Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government, and more, including Joel Salatin speaking of farming, Julia. He wrote, You Can Farm, the Entrepreneur's Guide to Starting and Succeeding in a Farming Business. And he's going to be one of the keynote speakers, as well as Peter Schiff, at the upcoming Liberty Forum. So you get to see all these great speakers and see panel discussions about folks who've moved to New Hampshire, civil disobedience. I know that's going to be a panel discussion and other things, uh, dinners and luncheons and late-night parties. It's a blast, and it's really affordable. I think you'll see that when you go to freestateproject.org Liberty Forum. You can get signed up there. Use our coupon code FTL 2012 to save 10%. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Coupon code FTL 2012. Alright, so we'll uh, continue here with the final realization from naturalnews.com's Mike Adams. Again, he's a little bit uh conspiracy theory, you know, for my for my taste, uh, maybe a little too uh paranoid, but all that said. You know, sometimes they really are out to get you, and it's not a bad thing to be prepared. All that. Uh, so looking at his observations of living around the world and finding out that it, it wasn't all that, uh, that he thought it was going to be. So his fifth point is that you're far safer, he says, to hunker down than to try to go mobile. says a lot of people talk about having a backup retreat somewhere they can drive to or fly to when the collapse strikes. In my view, this is foolish. Highways will become kill zones targeted by uh, marauders, and using vehicles on roads will only get you either robbed or dead, or maybe both. To a gang of armed looters who forgot to plan ahead before the collapse, there's no more juicy target than an RV loaded down with stored food, ammo, and gold. And if you're stupid enough to drive one of, uh, of those as you're trying to get to your destination, you'd better have your own cavalry along, along for the ride or you probably won't get very far. <coughs> he says anyone who has studied military tactics, gang mentality, or historical accounts of what happens when governments fall knows that roads are to be avoided at all costs. Well, the only safe way to go from point A to point B is to hump it on foot, cross-country style, and even then you better only walk at night or you risk being shot by someone defending their own land. Once you start thinking about this, it doesn't take long to realize that the far safer strategy is to live in your castle starting right now. Stay put, stock up, and find a way to defend it. And then he goes on to recommend some uh, books and that sort of thing. Uh, and then he goes on to suggest that uh, Texas is uh, <laughs> is a good destination. But again, he's looking at this kind of self-sufficiency uh, perspective, and obviously everybody has their own uh, perspectives on what is valuable and, and what is not in that way.
1: Well. I think something that he brings up that's really valuable is that, well, this gentleman said that he was interested in going to Peru, and I would highly encourage anybody, if they're thinking about moving somewhere that's so different, to go and to live there for a while, like a year, and see if you like the culture, because... I mean, you could like I don't know anything about Peru or Belize or any of those countries. And I know that the way it's in my head, you know, because maybe I've read about it in a book or seen it in a movie once. I just I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be immersed in that culture. So I think that he brings up a really valuable point, which is that you really need to understand that it is not anything comparable to American life if you're going to move somewhere really far away like that.
0: I think there's uh, some real value in that suggestion to go and you know tre- test test the waters out, obviously, and, and see exactly how it feels to be down there and you know what what it's like. Uh, but
1: I, I mean that well, the one caller he said that he in his backpacking travels found that uh, Peruvians were very friendly towards Americans, but you would certainly find places where that was not true. You know what I mean? Where for I mean, look at America: brown people aren't really welcome here. Not by me, but. You know, they certainly view it that way. A lot of them, they feel uncomfortable and there's certainly people who don't want them here. So imagine being in that position in another country, you know, how's that yeah. going to feel?
0: And there's one more aspect uh, as well that's important because I know that wherever I would, would go, I would want freedom because that's just like what I'm into. Right. And, uh, and I know that he's right about the corruption being everywhere. Government people are everywhere. Government people everywhere want to control and so I won't like being told to pay taxes in another country just like I don't like it here, yeah. even if it's lower taxes in another country. I still won't like it. And I won't like it if if their people are being oppressed, even if they're leaving me alone as you know the richer American or whatever, uh, and they're oppressing the more poor people. I wouldn't like that. I don't like seeing people be oppressed. That bothers me. It's one of the reasons why I'm active in the liberty movement. So I wouldn't want to stop being active. And I know I wouldn't be as effective down there. Because I'm not from around there. I mean, it's it's difficult enough to be the Flatlander in New Hampshire, meaning somebody coming from outside of New Hampshire, coming into New Hampshire. But it would be even worse to go somewhere where you don't even come close to being yeah. culturally uh, connected to them. I mean, at least in New Hampshire, yes, there's big differences between Florida and New Hampshire. There are big differences between you know the Southwest and and New England. Clearly, these are there's a lot of differences. But to some extent, there's still that overarching concept of uh, of America and freedom and you know these ideas. And of course, the idea of uh, freedom is a little bit more powerful in New Hampshire than, than in other places. So if you love liberty and it's your goal to have more of it, then it makes sense if you want to be an activist about it. And then it makes sense to be around other activists, right? I mean, to, to go to some other country and try to be an activist, like if I went to uh, Belize and decided to get active in you know the state assembly, then... Would anybody really take me seriously? Would I really be able to connect with uh, with those people there? Certainly not right out the gate. And how long down the line would it take? I, I'm not sure.
1: I'm not sure that people who are looking to move places like Peru, for example, are looking to get active.
0: I don't think they are. I think they're trying to escape. Yeah. And that's that's to me. I'm not to that point. I'm not willing to go and just like live in a house. And I don't know what would I do? Farm all day? I. I like, what would I do? <laughs> I love. I like being an activist because it gives but me something to do. But not everybody
1: likes being an activist, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
0: No, I, I don't think so either. Like, by all means, if what you want to do is escape, there are ways to do that. You can go build a house out in the middle th- of the forest. I think
1: escape is a bit of a negative... Like, it has a little bit of a negative... T- connotation to oh, it i don't Maybe know I'm i advertise wrong.
0: keen as a place to escape run to. away
1: well you're just you just keep saying things like well i mean if you want to run away if you want to escape if you want to be a coward i didn't
0: say it was cowardice i'm I think just it's, telling you how i perceive it i see what you're saying i think that at some point it makes sense for people i mean you get frustrated by the system frustrated by beating your head up against a wall and you decide you want to get away from it i don't blame you it's just not, you know. I just, don't, I don't like the idea of it personally because I, I know that if that's what I'm doing, I'm ignoring what's happening to everyone else. And for me, I want to, I want other people to be free if that's what they want, at least. And that takes effort, and it takes dedication. And that's why I'm here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And I think other people should join us at FreeStateProject.org. If you love freedom, if you don't, well, you can stay right where you are. And we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at FreeTalkLive.com. It's been Ian here with you and Julia. All right, see you tomorrow. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com.